You know, they say change is bad, but when you when you uh, when you do, when you change things up, and you're surrounded by you know people who obviously are are your friends, I don't think it's that bad of a thing. That's at least that's what I think, right? Ladies and gentlemen, against the standard, episode number one on this beautiful, fine Monday, September the thirteenth, two thousand and twenty-one. What is going on, everyone? We are back. Your three awesome co-hosts, every Monday night co-hosts have returned to the uh, on-air live podcasting realm new name new pod and we are excited to get you know get this get this thing going guys you know so as is uh the custom on our shows introducing my amazing uh co-host here wyatt you can find him on twitter at the cornelia seven julius at the fifth top and yours truly at bears fanatic with 94 we got a lot to talk about tonight guys we have obviously you know 9-11 uh commemorative events that happened over the weekend we have you know president biden uh, now ordering uh that that uh, employers basically they have to force their employees to get vaccinated if they have over 100 employees working in a particular industry or business and then in the second half of the show guys the nfc north roundtable talking about everything that went down yesterday in the week one uh, sunday slate a lot of stuff happened the NFC North took L's across the board from our fellow cheeseheads up in Green Bay to the depleted uh, skinny bears in Chicago and to the little kitty cats out to our east and, of course, the Vikings to our north and west. But we will get to that in the second half of the show. In the meantime, <laughs> how are you guys doing? How are you guys doing after watching all of our teams take massive L's uh, yesterday afternoon? Wyatt, I'll start with you. How are you doing, sir? I cried myself to sleep, cried a little this morning, but I'm doing good. No, I didn't. I'm doing good. Um, busy day. I hope Julius is doing good because he's had a lot of, I don't know, I don't want to say any bad things. He just had a lot of things come up lately, and I hope your health is doing good, sir. Absolutely. Yes. Julius, we love you, Julius, and I know you had some health issues, but glad you're back. How are you doing now? How is everything going for you? Thank you, Juan, and thank you, Wyatt. I'm happy to be back on our first ever episode of Against the Standard. We're keeping it strong after so many years. I'm happy to be back. I am doing well. Um, my appendix can, couldn't make the show today. It apologizes ahead of time. But uh, yeah, it became inflamed, and then they had to rip me open and take it out. But it was a quick recovery. And <clears throat> it's been quite a rough summer. Y'all right. It's been a rough summer. And it was a rough week one for all of us in our teams. And it was a great fantasy week for me, though. I'll say that. It was a great fantasy week for me. That's about the only good thing I take from it. <laughs> as long as you got your numbers right. I know we're in one of our – we're in a league, to go, league together. So yeah, uh, I, I also did see my numbers go up as well. Um, <laughs> A.K.A. thank you, Rob Gronkowski. You are a beast. You are a legend. Thank you for that on uh, last Thursday night's uh, Thursday night episode. So – I already see the Lions fans are coming in hot here. We got, I think that's Julius. That's sister. Julius. Sister. Yeah, coming in, go Lions. So you have you have backup tonight, Julius. Look at that. She has. <laughs> she knows the pain. She knows the pain that I feel. Well, as you know, as always, everyone, you know, thank you for 
you know, bearing with us here while we restructured some things around and uh, got everything going back up, you know, again. And uh, we're back on this, you know, on the podcast scene. And we'll be, you know, we will be back now uh, every Monday night, as has always been the case. And we look forward to hopefully, hopefully we will do the NFC North Roundtable uh, every Monday after each, you know, slate of games from the Sunday or, you know, if we have to make adjustments for Monday night football or whatever. But I think, you know, later on tonight, uh, we will, you know, we'll have some, we'll have our, uh, some additional commentary from, you know, a Packers fan and a Vikings fan. Obviously, we have a resident Lions fan and two resident Bears fans on the show. So we look forward to that uh, fruitful discussion a little bit later. Um, Brandon says 9-11, we vow to never forget. And so many people have forgotten such a somber day. Uh, you know, that is true. Unfortunately, a lot of people are, you know, are starting to forget or maybe just, the the new generation right of, of americans who were not alive when 9-11 happened and and you know are now learning about it you know secondhand not not having to see or experience that but um you know <clears throat> this is a good segue into kind of what we wanted to discuss tonight regarding 9-11 so uh you know one of the things that 9-11 brought to this country at least the way that i you know just and in, in, in experiencing it firsthand, right, you know, when I was younger, is there was so much, I felt there was so much unity in this country with, you know, Americans of, of every walk of life coming together and, you know, saying, you know what, yes, this horrible thing has happened in our country, but we are Americans, we will rebuild, we will come back. Is it going to be painful? Yes, it's going to be painful. It's going to be hard. It's going to be dreadful you know, ultimately hearing that your loved ones have, you know, unfortunately have perished in, in these gruesome attacks, you know, 20 years ago. But immediately following 9-11, you, you, had, you, you had so many people come together. And I, you know, now, unfortunately, 20 years later, you know, we're in, we live in this divided era, um, whether that's because of politics or, you know, ideology or, you know, whatever it may be. In a way, you know, and this is going to sound again. I'm. This is going to sound bad, but I don't. Just, just hear me out. You know that that sense of it was a beautiful thing. What happened with with being unified in that way after after such a horrific event happened, uh, you know, in 2001, um, and unfortunately now again, you know, it's it's not the same. You know, the uh, everyday life is not the same. The way that we look at you know international events and. You know, as we've already talked a lot about, you know, Afghanistan and that withdrawal and everything that's happened, um, it's just such a. It, it was just I don't know. It's it's a it's a really sad thing, to be quite honest with you. And you know, I was at the. Yep, Brandon says we wish you could have another nine twelve for unity and love. Yeah, that's you know, it was it was just love. I mean, that's what it was. And I'll just I'll I'll end it with this, and then I'll pass it on along to you guys, but. You know, I was at a I was at the baseball game on on Saturday on 9/11, and I was thinking about the picture, the large painting, this banner that was done um, during a White Sox game in 2005, right? That it basically reads, you know, we heart you, New York, you know, from Chicago or sincerely Chicago, and you know it was it was such a somber feeling being in the ballpark on on that day the national anthem was played at guaranteed rate right before the game started of course and i will be very very sincere with you guys it was probably one of the most beautiful renditions of the national anthem that i have ever heard 
or that I have ever been physically a part of. Um, the, uh, the, the, the vocalist was a, uh, she's, she's a Chicago police officer. Um, I think, I don't know. I don't think she's a superintendent. I think she's just a, a you know, a, a, an officer in the city and her performance at guaranteed rate on Saturday night was absolutely spectacular. And it, it's probably, it's one of those things that, you know, I'm not going to forget, um, you know, no better way, I think, to, you know, to celebrate what, what America has done since then and the strength and the grit of this country than, um, you know, being at a, you know, at a game, America's pastime. So I'll, whoever wants to go next, I uh, will open that up to you guys just to kind of share some of your thoughts on, uh, you know, the 20th, the 20 year anniversary of 9-11. Um, so go ahead. Well, I mean, every time I hear the national anthem, I kind of feel a certain way, right? Because, and that's how you know you're a patriotic person, that you have some kind of emotional connection to your country and the people you share it with, is if you feel a certain way when you hear the national anthem. And September 11th was the ultimate unifying thing in, in America in the 21st century. And the fact that we've fallen so low in, in divide since then is absolutely crushing to think about. Because I remember as a sixth grader watching my teacher turn on a TV in the classroom and cry in the classroom. I remember parents picking up their kids, seemed very emotional. It was as, as a young kid, you don't really understand, but you know something, right? And the next day, all over Detroit, there were flags in front of every house. In front of every house in Metro Detroit, there was an American flag up. It was like that in New York. It was like that in California, Illinois, everywhere across the country. You saw the red, white, and blue. So I wish I, w- I just wish we could channel that to nowadays. Um, but it, I, I, it, I don't think it's going to happen, right? I think there's going to be some kind of other revolution in our culture that's going to unify us, uh, whether that's a war, whether that's um, some kind of grand awakening um, from, from the majority of the population. I'm not sure. But this 50-50 stuff we're doing right now is horrible. It's harmful. And, I, you know, that's why September 11th is such a special day. Because we all came together, simple, simply put. You know, nothing, um, you never, you hear about it, you read about it. Pearl Harbor was, we're, America was in the Great Depression. You know, everybody was, was hurt and families were hurting. And then Japan bombs Pearl Harbor. And that brings us out of the Great Depression. And you, you see a unity with an American people then. And then you see it with 9-11. I remember I was, it's funny because Julius is like, I was in sixth grade and that was my first year in college when uh, they, when I about the attacks. I know it's, it's kind of weird. Now it just sounds weird right now. It sounds like I'm, I'm over here. I'm over here like, wow, I was like a little like six-year-old kid in first grade. Oh my God. All right. All right. So I remember I was listening to the radio and I went to my English class, 6.30 in the morning. And they just said that a plane crashed in the World Trade Center. And I was like, that is weird. Like, I guess the there was a malfunction with the, the plane. 
uh, you know, because it just sounded weird. And so I went to English class. Obviously, phones then were there was no like breaking news on your phone or whatever at that time. Um, but then, you know, getting out of class, I turn on the radio. You hear about all this. I go home. I, I you know, watch the news. And it, it's like it's still unfathomable to me. You know, just even watching it after all these years of uh, these planes crashing in the World Trade Center with thinking about the people, the American people in there, just what they felt. And then the people, you know, the firefighters, the first responders, the people jumping out of the buildings, what they felt. It, it's just it, it still blows my mind today just to watch a video and not feel moved by it. So it's it's crazy because it was tragic because it's something that never happened on American soil before. But it did bring a great unity for our country. And you could feel it. Like, I remember being in college and you could feel the great unity that you had, you know, um, countrywide. And then nowadays, we're just so divided. And it, it's crazy how, you know, something like this bombing a Pearl Harbor or the 9-11 attacks can bring people together. And I remember... Um, the Mets, like they canceled all sports games, but the Mets and the Braves played a week later in, um, it was Shea Stadium at the time. And the Braves and the Mets were always competing for first and second um, place, in, or first place in the division. <laughs> Mike Piazza hits a home run um, late, I think it was the bottom of the eighth in, in at Shea Stadium. And as he's rounding the bases, everybody there, even... <laughs> Brace fans who attended the game were chanting USA, USA. And I remember that distinctly because even though I'm a Brace fan, it was just, it was crazy just to like have that unity in a ballpark where everyone's chanting because it happened in New York. And that was like a time where, you know, George Bush came out and threw the first pitch. And it was just crazy for that unity to happen. The Mets ended up winning that game. They, they, they shut it out in the, in the top of the ninth. But that, I just remember that. That was like a memorable moment, like having sports back and that happening where Mike Piazza wins the game for the Mets and everyone's chanting and chanting in the stadium. And it doesn't matter if you're a Braves fan or a Mets fan, you were all united because you knew that, you know, this was a tragedy that we were going to um, get past. See, I'm already, <laughs> I'm already uh, crying about it, but. You know, it was, it just, it makes me emotional because I wish America would be united now, you know? We're just so far apart on stuff. It's, sorry, I just, yeah, um, we'll give why here a few, few seconds. Um, obviously a very touchy subject to talk about even, you know, 20 years later. Um, the One of the, uh, the, our, our Pearl Harbor, you know, our Pearl Harbor in, in the 21st century. Um, obviously, George Bush had just, you know, gotten into office not, you know, not too long into his presidency when this happened. And, um, but yes, you know, to again, you know, they're even to this day, they're still, uh, you know, doing autopsies on bodies. I believe I was listening on, on some of those news shows, and, uh, you know, there's the, the search is not done for some of the people who, unfortunately died on that on that fateful day so uh yeah let's tough subject indeed and um no there's no no shame whatsoever um why it and showing emotion uh about this about this topic um so let's let's move on to something a little maybe a little more uh somber here or excuse me a little more uh light of a topic um so 
Joe Biden is saying that he will be implementing the uh, requirements for businesses with more than 100 employees to basically have the employees get vaccinated or to face uh, COVID screen tests every single day. Um, you know, I, guys, I, I've, I've been looking at this and I don't I, I, I don't think Joe Biden has the authority to do this. If I'm being honest with you, I don't think he can just mandate something like that. Um, especially if he's going through OSHA, the way that he wants to do it is by basically mandating OSHA to uh, make it like a work, a workplace, you know, safety, you know, uh, prerequisite or a standard. So, I don't know. This, this is. I think it's going to get challenged in court. I really do think that it's going to get challenged in court. Um, I see there are people watching right now. If you guys have thoughts on this, you know, please feel free to drop them in the comments. I'd you know, love to see what uh, you guys have to, you know, you guys have to say about these uh, these new requirements that are going to be coming out here by the Biden administration in the coming days or weeks. Um, Julius, <laughs> I know you're a very you're very vocal about these kinds of things, and you know, I think we. Uh, you know, we, we get, we, we hear the word, we hear the word mandate, right? Uh, and I think Americans, us as Americans, we get scared of that, right? We get scared of the government telling us what we have to do. Uh, you know, and, and in this case, right, the argument is, well, because it's a, it's something that you're putting into your body, right? It's an injection you're putting into your body, um, you know, can the government or should the government, ethically speaking, should the government have to force you to do that? And I see some people in the comments are already saying it needs to get challenged. It's ridiculous. Uh, Sleepy Joe has got to go. Um, <laughs> become a bit of a rhyme here in, in the past few uh, in the past few uh, months that he's been in office. But uh, you know, just and and I just want to add some additional context before Julius, before you give your thoughts. If 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 you're not getting the if you're not going to get the shot, my my understanding is that the company that you work for has to pay for testing. If I'm not mistaken, how many how many uh, how much money is going to get spent on that every single day? <laughs> Billions on those testing kits across the country. How much you know go ahead julius <laughs> you're right and and the actual <clears throat> what he's trying to do is if if you don't get it within 75 days your company has to pay for weekly testing once at least once a week every seven days pretty much every monday you come to work you're gonna get this swab stuck up your nose or whatever they do uh it's just ridiculous man you can't do that as the american president in the land of the free you cannot do that. <laughs> and and, uh, and companies with more than 100 people, it's like 95% of the workforce in America. So this seems like some, like, I don't know. I feels like, I feel like he's above us all. Like, like he has the power and there's no equality and there's no free will. And that's scary. And honestly, I don't know how I'm going to react to it. Um, but there shouldn't. You're right about one thing. It's going to get challenged in the courts. And I don't think it might even go all the way up to the Supreme Court. And they're going to be the ones to be like, nah, nah, this is America, bruh. So, I mean, 
this it's not going to go far. People are going to, um, you know, it's going to be counter reactive and just divides more, just like we were talking about. I there's already been challenges, I believe, by a lot of, you know, some of the Republican governors across the country who have already begun to challenge it. Uh, I think you you had the governor of South Dakota, North Dakota, I think Mississippi. Um, I'm, 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 I'm almost certain that Florida, you know, DeSantis is probably going to has challenge it or is going to uh, because, yeah, there's just so many things that go into this, right? The legality of it. That, that's my big thing is it's and I'm not even look I'm, I'm gonna I just want to set the record straight right I'm not an anti-vaxxer I I have my shot I I have my got my COVID vaccines back in the winter as soon as I could get them I am already lining up for uh or getting ready for if if needed the the booster you know I'll get that I'm not gonna hesitate to not get it um you know it was a personal decision of mine to get to go get the shot now Again, the only lens that I am looking at this through right now is the uh, the legal, the legality part of it, right? Is this going to is this case going to survive in the courts? I don't think so. I don't think the Supreme Court, if it gets that to that point, I don't think they're going to say, "Yeah, it's totally fine. Let's keep this vaccine mandate for your employers who have a hundred, over a hundred people working in them." I, I don't. Th- I just cannot see the court siding with that argument, but. Wyatt, go ahead. Um, I'm one of the states where now they have to do, if you're not vaccinated, you have to do weekly testing. So I know there are teachers who aren't vaccinated and they have to do a weekly test. And so they get an email saying this is a condition of your employment. So you you get your test and then whatever your results are, you got to put it in a database every week. So the, the, the thinking behind that is, people are going to get tired of having to test weekly and then just want to take the vaccine so they don't have to do it. So anybody that's vaccinated in New Mexico, and I believe there's other states too, they don't have to get tested. What's interesting to me is um, there's been people in my, in my school that have teachers, also students have gotten COVID um, and these people have been vaccinated and they've gotten COVID. There was a guy that got, that got COVID twice. He got it, uh, a teacher that that's, works next to me, he got it before the vaccine. He got it, a, I think, a month after he got the vaccine. So it's, it's, it's interesting. And then Dr. Fauci, they asked him a question about, well, what about the people that aren't vaccinated and maybe they've already got it? Do they have the antibodies? Do they need to take a vaccine? And he says, I don't know. He says he doesn't know. So it's, it's crazy that they're pushing this. And do people have antibodies? I know you can't, you can test for it, but it costs money out of your own pocket. I don't think this is going to hold up. Um, what they're trying to do is just push people to, to get vaccinated by, okay, you're not vaccinated. Well, here, take a test every week or even every day. And people are going to get fed up. So they're thinking they can, they can push people to, to force the vaccine or take the vaccine by doing that. Um, but yeah, you guys are right. It's not going to hold up in court. Um, you know, there's not enough study done. Like, do people have antibodies who've, who've gotten um, COVID and had, haven't had the vaccine? Do they not have antibodies? What's going on? Um, I think there's just still more research out there. And it's crazy because it's like big pharma. Put the, put, get the jab. You're going to be fine. And there's a lot of people on Twitter that are saying, get the vaccine. 
Um, and the, the, it's like, uh, it's like basically you get the vaccine. That's it. No, like they, they, they refuse anybody, refute anybody who hasn't gotten the vaccine. They're saying you need to get the vaccine, but there's not enough done testing or not enough research on people who don't get the vaccine and maybe have the antibodies. Do they need the vaccine? Th- um, those are your, those are your Twitter doctors though. Why you have to believe them. <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's just, Yeah. It is, it is, I, I mean, I don't, the government has no right to, especially in a, a democratic society, has no right to force people to get a vaccine. Now, if, if this was a different case where you have people dying left and right, and there's not a, uh, there's not a high, there's not, there isn't a high death rate with COVID. So this isn't the case. I mean, it's not polio in the early 1900s where you, you know, you're, you're going to get in line to take the vaccine. There's a, a very high success rate of stay, you know, not dying from COVID. So it's a different story. And so people aren't going to be more willing to take the vaccine um, because it's, you know, there's a rare, rare good chance, depending on your health or underlying health issues that you're going to survive COVID. Um, but there's no way they're going to, like, I don't see it unless they pack the courts, you know, and, you know, you got more Democrats in the Supreme Court. There's no way they're going to uphold, uphold this. Yeah, it's truly a fascinating case. Um, and again, I, I want to reiterate that I, you know, we're not here to tell people, you know, don't get vaccinated. Don't, don't do that. You know, no, like you do what you need to do. And, um, you know, that's, that's what we're, that's kind of the perspective or the lens that we're coming from. I guess the only the only big thing that I'll be watching for again is I want to see if it does get if it does get to the courts how how are they going to rule on this you know what what part of the app what part of the constitution will they apply right because I don't think we've ever had um, a case like this right with a, a forced vaccine mandate from the president uh, you know strike coming down and 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 the way that he's doing it right utilizing. They're wanting to utilize OSHA and make it a, a safety pre, you know, standard for for companies. So I, I also just want to say there, there was a tweet that a, a certain representative put out. I think it was Madison Cawthorn. He tweeted something out along the lines of abolish OSHA or something like that. And I'm like, OK, no, no, come on. Let's 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 take a step back. All right. Let's let's be reasonable. That's, we're not going to get all crazy and start. Oh, well, we now we have to start abolishing like safety, you know, workplace safety agencies because they're going to be used to push something that doesn't fit, you know, my my narrative. No, we're no, we're not. We can't get rid of OSHA. We're not going to get rid of OSHA. That that it's it's that is like the gold standard of, of safety and uh, when it comes to you know working and and, and place of employment and whatnot. So. Uh, let's also not get you know. Let's not let's let's watch kind of what we're saying, okay? Like we're not. That's not what we're doing. But again, will it get challenged in court? Probably. Governors are already starting to do it, and we'll have to see what happens because it's going to be it's going to set up a war. Uh, needless to say. So, any final thoughts, Julius? He's got nothing. He, Julius is waiting for our, our NFC North roundtable here. That's going to begin in a few minutes. Uh, for those who are not watching us on the live stream, um, you know we we're very uh, we're very amped up <laughs> for this discussion. Uh, two sad Bears fans, uh, a sad Lions fan, 
a sad Vikings fan and a sad Packers fan will join us here in a little bit um, to discuss the monstrosity of what happened um, yesterday afternoon. So we're going to start getting ready to shift gears here in a few minutes, actually. And you know what? It actually looks like our our Packers friend has arrived uh, here on the show, and there he is now. Uh, we got at AVG Cheese on Twitter. Please tell me what that stands for, Dale. I, I'm, I'm curious to know. Is it average cheese? Is that what that means or no? Yeah, it's the abbreviation for average cheese. Okay. So I wanted no, to make I sure. I couldn't spell average. <laughs> I wanted to make sure because I'm like, you know, I don't want to say it's average cheese and then, you know, get told after the show. No, that's not even what it means. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. How, how, how are you, sir? Welcome to, uh, welcome to Against the Standard. How's it going? Thanks for letting me on. I'm doing well. Thank you. I'm, awesome, you know, it's man. 24 hours after, so I've calmed down a bit. Things will be fine. Yes, I, I can only imagine how irate, um, you know, your fan base was after that beating oh. that you all took, 38 to 3. If I'm not mistaken, that's the, is that the, that's only the second time that that's happened, that you guys have gotten blown out that bad in, like, the season opener? Yeah, or it's the some- worst season opener since i don't remember when i think i believe i yeah. heard in 50 50 years if i'm not mistaken was a stat yeah. i heard this morning here in milwaukee but no we're you know just and just a, a precursor to this guys you know we're not obviously we're not here to you know we're not going to shame our our fellow you know packer fans lions fans maybe lions fans but not not packers or vikings <laughs> uh <laughs> we're still in first place Juan. yeah so we're still <laughs> <laughs> Um, while we're waiting for our, our, our fellow Vikings fan to, to join us here on the live show, um, for those of us, for those of you who are watching, yes, we are about 30 minutes into uh, against the standard. We are going to be beginning our NFC North roundtable discussion here in a little bit. And um, if you're just tuning in uh, earlier in the show, I had made a I had made a comment that you know this would be a fun little thing to do throughout the season. You know, just uh, recap the weekend um, as a division. Um, you know, depending on how this goes tonight, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll be back in, you know, next week or, you know, as, as the season moves on. But, yeah, while we're waiting for our, our Vikings fan to jump on here, Dale, um, I'll give you I'll give you a chance to kind of introduce yourself here and, and maybe just tell us a little bit about your podcast, how that kind of came about, and um, just anything else that you want to share for you know with the audience. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, my name is Dale Noble. started the Average Cheese last year with my buddy todd it's kind of a we had been texting each other for years and years during packer game he'd be in some place like dubai and i'd be on my couch we (laughs) we decided you know if we're gonna always talk about packer games maybe we should take it to a podcast and we were so disgusted by the nfl draft two year two drafts ago with the packers we're like no that's it that's it. It's time to start putting stuff out there for everybody else to hear. If we're going to rant, we might as well rant to the 18 people that are going to listen. So <laughs> force my kids you know, to listen I, in the car. Like they don't listen to me enough. They get to listen to me on a podcast too. You know, I, <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. I mean, that's always a good thing, right? <laughs> right on. I'll um, just say this now. If we keep laying eggs like we did last week, I'm going to have technical difficulties during these because I feel like I'm going to get beat up on. 
oh, let's sorry. you know let's 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 go ahead and let's go ahead and begin our discussion here um <laughs> so yes you know green bay you know you guys fell last night or yesterday afternoon 38 to 3 against uh you know the the saints and and james winston and whatnot and you know lead, leading up to this game right we we had heard at least at least what i had seen right on on social media and just you know living here in wisconsin right you know i'm obviously surrounded by package fans everywhere i go um won't rant too much about it but it is what it is and <laughs> you know it, this was this was supposed to be an easy matchup for you guys you know for for the green bay i guess i'm just wondering you know where where did it go wrong? What 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 did you notice in, in, in seeing this game and the way that the playing was executed and and you know Aaron Rodgers the defense of course at some you know there were points where I was like wow like that you know that that's not the that's not the defense that we've all come to know with about you know up in up at Titletown. Well, it looked like the Packers thought they could just roll the balls out and win this game. It really did. It didn't look like there was a whole lot of fire behind the effort. I don't know. No Packers played in the preseason. So you look at that and go, were they rusty? Were they just not ready to go? I don't know. To talk to the defense, though, Juan, like if you look at the Packers last year, they averaged like 38 points a game the first five weeks. When you're playing from ahead, you no longer have to stuff the run. And the Packers have not added anybody – that's significantly better on their interior line and in their linebacker core to stop the run. So the defense is not better. It's the same defense as last year, but the Packers, if, they're, if they get behind, then what? Now we have to play honest defense. we got to stop the run. We can't just, you know, pin the ears back and rush the quarterback. I think that's what we found out is when we play from behind, we struggle too. So it was a hard game to watch. It really was. I'm not used to that mess. <laughs> and as you were finishing up there, it looks like our, our resident Viking fan has arrived into the stream. Ladies and gentlemen, this is David Campbell. You can find him on Twitter at David Camp, M-I-Z. David, how are you? Welcome, uh, welcome to Against the Standard, and welcome. You're the uh, final piece of the puzzle here on, on our divisional uh, roundtable. That's awesome. Uh, hopefully you guys can hear me. Uh, Thanks for yes. welcoming me in, Juan, uh, everyone. Uh, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you chose me as the residential Vikings fan. Let's just say Vikings <laughs> Twitter has been very chaotic uh, this past weekend. I'm assuming you guys know what that's like. Uh, we're all kind of, you know, in the same boat at the moment. So, yes, yes, we are all we're all sad NFC North fans. Um, all of us are devastated. Um, you know, we're not used to losing. You know, we're the the vast majority of us are not Lions fans, and it's this is just it's hard. <laughs> That's actually kind of true. So, <laughs> except for the Bears, except for the Bears, y'all just as miserable as the Lions. The Vikings are less miserable than the Bears, and the Packers are the spoiled ones. Yes, we are. Hundred percent right. This is this is the part where I throw where us Bears fans throw in the, you know, oh, like three decades of Hall of Fame quarterbacks and only a certain amount of championships because. Mm -hmm. You all like to, you know, choke and I got, ah, you know, <laughs> you got to have something to talk about. <laughs> we were, um, Jordan, David, just before you came in, we were, um, you were just breaking down, you know, the, what we saw in the Packers game yesterday, right? And oh. 38 to three, um, 
I guess as as an outsider, I'm assuming you watch you watched the game. Right? I did. I, mean, yes. I, I had multiple screens on every TV yes. yesterday. Yes. So so let's get let's get the outsider's perspective on, on on Green Bay. What what were kind of some of the things that you noticed, um, just in the 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 way that the game was executed and uh, just and everything that you know the the semantics of things and whatnot down in in Jacksonville. Yeah. What so, what ultimately led to this? You know this. Brutal defeat, needless to say. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've had a lot of different opinions on it, and I guess what I've come to conclusion of is that I guess I'm more impressed with the Saints' performance than I should be with the Packers' disappointment. Um, I thought Jameis Winston uh, played an amazing game. I think that the, I'll admit the the Packers' play calling, defensive play calling, wasn't up to par um, as we've seen recently. You know, the Packers' defense the past couple of years uh, has been pretty solid. But I guess a lot of the holes that the Packers have failed to address in recent history, whether that's, you know, inside linebacker or CB2, are really coming back to bite them because yesterday, I mean, Jimmy Swinson tore him up with Marquez Callaway and Jawan Johnson. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I don't think that should ever happen. And I understand it's a tough place to play uh, with a whole new environment, you know, not what you're used to, uh, obviously with the hurricane. But uh, uh, I'm not worried about the Packers just quite yet. I know yesterday's game was uh, was well enjoyable for me, but um, I guess not as enjoyable for <laughs> Packers fans. And, uh, you know, let's just say I, I think the Packers will be okay. But I, like I said, I'm more impressed with the Saints than I am uh, disappointed in the Packers. I think yeah, uh, Dale. Unless if you want to say anything or respond to that, seeing that you're you're the Packers guy. <laughs> well, if you look at Jameis Jameis Winston's game and Alvin Alvin Kamara's statistics, you hold Alvin Kamara to under a hundred yards combined, and Jameis Winston take out the five touchdowns. He didn't throw for over three hundred yards. If you ask the Packer fan, like if we could keep those guys under two hundred and a hundred combined, would you? be happy about that you abs- absolutely would so while the defense wasn't great it was the offense that stunk it up yeah. right if you, time of possession in the first 30 minutes was like two-thirds you know to one-third it was like 20 minutes and you, you can't play in 80 degree heat and humidity after you haven't really played in the preseason and expect to stop anybody i, I really lay this it was not a Joe Barry issue was not a DC issue. I think it was really our offense can't get do anything on offense. Aaron Rodgers is throwing, you know, interceptions, which is rare. I think I lay it right on the feet of the offense actually, and not the defense as much. That's very fair. That's very fair. The, uh, the LASIK definitely helped Jameis Winston. I'll give him that. (laughs) I think the Saints came prepared. I mean, there was a lot of like uh, misdirection they did. They they took it to him on, on the run on the ground game. They had uh, Kamara and then uh, who's the other guy? Hill, Taysom, or no, it's not Hill. I don't know the other guy's name. Yeah, but uh, they just had a lot of misdirection. I, I mean, what I saw. I mean, I think honestly, the the Packers be eventually will be fine. They always struggle with the run, but like you said, they they uh, they can't. Would they always play with the lead? Um, I, it, it was just the Sean Payton having his like he had a long bye week basically to prepare for for the Packers and he saw how the the Bucks played them in the NFC Championship game how the, their defense played them and that's how they played them. Um, so I, you you would think like Matt Lafleur came out didn't really have an answer to how the Bucks played them in the NFC Championship and that's how the Saints defense played them. That's what that's what I saw. 
Um, but I think the Packers are going to be fine. They're, they're still going to honestly win the division. They, they still got they still got the weapons to do it. So I I, I mean that was just like a, a a learning experience, but you didn't see um, Aaron Rodgers or Devontae Adams on the sideline, you know, freaking out about it because I think they'll just be fine. Unfortunately for for Bears fans and Vikings fans and Lions fans, you're not you're not supposed to offer that reassuring. Uh... Thing to them, Wyatt, that they're going to win. I'm a realist. I'm a realist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll lay off on the Packers here for a little bit. We, we won't we won't we won't go too hard on you, Dale. Uh, <laughs> talk about the Vikings game. That Vikings game yesterday was actually really, really intense. Um, you know, going into overtime, ultimately, of course, the Vikings fell. You know, 27-24 final score against the Bengals, but. Man, that that I need I need your takeaways from that, David. That that was a good game. Like, what what did you see in that in that in that performance? It was a very good game. Uh, as a neutral fan, I feel like you had to enjoy it. But I, I must say, the Vikings really didn't deserve to win because they made a ton of mistakes early in this game. I mean, we had I, I want to say six or seven false start penalties in, in the first quarter alone. We just looked unprepared. Uh, we looked like we'd never played in front of a crowd before. Um, we didn't get any snap counts. Like our, our fullback CJ Ham had two false start penalties. Like when does the fullback get two two false starts? You know, um, the Vikings didn't deserve to win. They had a chance to win at the end, and at the end, Dalvin Cook, who is the guy, fumbled the game away, um, which happens. And and we'll, we'll come back. And I I still have faith in the Vikings as well. Um, yesterday was just a, a best, a, a lot of messy, messy things. We just came unprepared. Uh, Zimmer looked unprepared. Uh, I thought Kirk actually, Kirk Cousins played a very good game overall. I, um, I, you may disagree with that, but I, I thought I thought he did the best that he could. He got us in field goal range, and Greg Joseph, for the first time in, I think, Vikings history, so he made a clutch kick, and uh, we ended up uh, going to OT where we just didn't get it done. We didn't get it done. But, uh, yeah, it was a good game. Uh, I, I was actually watching the game with the diehard Bengals fans, so uh, the room was very, very intense. Uh, but uh, I was very – uh, the blood pressure was high. Let's just say that it's not it's not NFL season if you're not checking your blood pressure every five minutes. Yeah. You know, on a mm-hmm. Sunday afternoon, you know, you guys, uh, the Vikings iced the kicker, the the Bengals kicker, right? That that happened at the very end, and he mm-hmm. ended up making the or no, he he missed the first time, didn't he? No, he made both. Oh, Evan he made McPher- both. Evan McPherson's the Bengals kicker, and he's an absolute okay. stud. He he might already be one of the better kickers in the league because he could just drill it from from anywhere. He made both the, the, the right. pre-icing and post-icing. <laughs> yeah, I thought I actually I thought he had missed the first time, but then again, I was also like ten beers deep, and you know it was it was blurry. But um, you know, I want to talk about Joe Burrow's performance yesterday. You know, mm-hmm. just based on everything that happened to him, and obviously last season with the season-ending end, uh, injury that he had, I believe it was ACL. Correct, that was what had happened to him. He tore his ACL. You know, coming back and and ultimately, you know, again beating you guys. <laughs> you know, in in OT, first OT of the season. I mean, it just it's remarkable, right? The the recovery speed and and what he was able to do, and and this what this Bengals team was able to do. Uh, you know, in the opening game of the season. Yeah, Burrow looked great. Burrow uh, Burrow played a really good game. He looked comfortable. Uh, a lot more comfortable than he did a lot of last season, which is saying something. You know, the Bengals' offensive line is still pretty average i'd say below average um 
but Burrow didn't let it bother him. And the Vikings got some pressure. The Vikings had some sacks, but mm-hmm. uh, when he could, he he was able to beat his passes. Obviously, had a really clutch fourth and inch con- uh, conversion to CJ Uzama and had a deep ball to Jamar Chase, which there was absolutely no drop issues there whatsoever, uh, which everyone was saying in the preseason. But yeah, Burrow looked great. Um, I think you know Burrow could could could, could get to the level of Herbert closer than we think. Ooh, is that a is that a hot take? I mean, I think if Burrow, Burrow played a full if Burrow played a full season last year, I I really do think that we'd be considering him clo- closer than Herbert than most would. Um, but I I think he'll 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 definitely rise up and probably midway through he'll be he'll be on that same tier. I really, I really do think so. Yeah, I I wish nothing but the best for Joe Burrow. You know, he he's an he's an elite quarterback, and you know he if he can get the tools around him that he needs. Uh, you know the Bengals could be very dangerous. Uh, you know for for many years to come, uh, definitely up there. They're in the AFC North, yes, AFC North. So they would, yeah, they're up there with uh, the Steelers, Bengals. They've got, um, oh God, Cleveland. Yep, the Browns and and Baltimore. Uh, and Baltimore. And Baltimore. Yep, yep. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Who are you guys facing next week? You guys got uh, we got Arizona. On the road in the desert, um, which believe me, that's it's not easy whatsoever. The Cardinals looked really, really good against the Titans. Um, Kyler yes. looked like a look like a stud. The one thing that was holding the Cardinals back was the awful coaching of Cliff Kingsbury. Mm-hmm. But if he can just if they can just rise above that, uh, we're the, the Cardinals are. I mean, that entire NFC West is, is insane. But I think the that Kyler could be a Kyler and the Cardinals could could cause some real troubles. And the Vikings always struggle with mobile quarterbacks, so should be a test. Today. NFC West, I think, and I, I said this many times last year. Uh, NFC West is completely stacked. Yeah, out there. I mean, what they have going on out there—it's it's hard. It's a very hard division. Um, you know, so yeah, we'll see what happens out there. You, so you're thinking zero and two for the Vikings in the first two weeks? Is that kind of what the vibe I'm getting from you? You know, I, I've always been a very <laughs> optimistic person and, and Vikings fan, and, and all of my sports teams in general. I've always been mm-hmm. super optimistic. Um, I, it's still too early to tell. I, I think I got to break down a lot of film and talk. Look at the Cardinals more, but uh, um, any, anything can happen. It's the NFL, you know. That is the, true. The Houston Texans won by twenty. You know what I mean? That is yeah. very true. The Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Buffalo Bills, so you know it's crazy. That is very true. NFL, it's crazy, man. It is. It is a crazy, crazy league. You know, um, you guys, uh, Julius. <laughs> What what one? It's 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 time to it's time to break down your Detroit Kitty Cats. <laughs> time to break down my Detroit Lions. Is this is what you're asking? Hey on. I I want to say something real quick. I I want to I want to. This is the precursor to this to this breakdown. I just want to say right now, live on air, for the record, mad respect to Detroit for actually being able to make a comeback. Late in the game, after being down, I know you guys got you know you guys got taken out forty one thirty three, but y'all came back. Detroit fought. You know you guys were close to busting kneecaps, not 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 quite, but you were almost there. You guys were almost there, and now I think next week I think it's the Packers and the the Packers and, and the Lions go at it next week on Monday night, right? This is true. This is true. <laughs> Let's hear it, Julius. What so, I need, I need so, your thoughts? So I know Green Bay fans and probably the team, too, is licking their chops right now, thinking, oh, it's the best. This is the best game to have right after being embarrassed by the Saints. 
So my testament to the Lions in week two is that that doesn't come to fruition. I'm not saying the Lions are going to beat the Packers. I'm predicting them to lose. But I don't want the Packers to think that the Lions are just going to roll over and die, just like they looked like they were doing against San Francisco for three quarters. Because when it was 38-3, to it took everything within my soul to not crush my television and leave. So that fourth quarter, all right, it's, it's a tale of two. It's really a tale. The game against the 49ers was a tale of two games, really. The first three quarters was a disaster. Um, but there were some positives. It was just way too many negatives. And the, this is the Lions' problem. They don't have enough talent in a lot of positions. Let's just be honest. All right? They do got a very good offensive line. They might have one of the best offensive lines in the league, especially when Taylor Decker returns. But they have one of the best tight ends in TJ Hawkinson. He had a great game. DeAndre Swift had a really productive game. Jamal Williams, thank you, Green Bay. That guy's a stud. Our offense, outside of our passing game, our running game, I would say, our offensive line was really was really good. I can't even complain about them. They were good enough to win. Now, Jared Goff, this guy we traded from Los Angeles, uh, <laughs> that that pretty much he got included in the deal just to get rid of him in, in L.A., um, they gave us two first-round picks to take him, pretty much. <laughs> but uh, he he's not a horrible quarterback. He has some talent. But his mental game is totally, totally – I understand now what Sean McVay was talking about. He's about a third of a second off of every pass. He second-guesses himself almost every snap. And he, he – he he's uh he's scared. If there's any pressure at all, he's gonna throw a pick six. He's gonna throw it out of bounds. He's gonna take the sack. He's gonna slide. He's gonna give up. He, Matt, we're not used to that in Detroit. Matthew Stafford used to like he used to get out of he used to get out of pressure. He used to find a way to get the ball off. He used to take shots deep. He wasn't afraid. And Jared Goff seemed very afraid until the end of the fourth quarter when all of a sudden he looked like John Elway and was just hitting everybody. And, you know, our wide receiver room is like, honestly, it's like JV. Um, we really – he has no targets outside our running backs and our tight end. So our offense is going to pose a problem unless Jared Goff fixes himself mentally, which I doubt it because it's been five years and he's still doing the same stuff that he did in L.A. Uh, he did yesterday in Detroit. He plays like that. We're, we're, like we might have two or three games, to be honest. If Jared Goff is this – this who is, is who he is – might as well go to the backup, give David Blau a shot because he is going to lose us games by himself. And that's just simply that's just simply it. But uh, the defense is also in shambles. We lost Jeff Okuda. Um, he's gone. He had a rough game before he blew his Achilles, and now you might not ever see him again. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's what I think about the Lions. What I'm looking for next week in Green Bay is that we don't allow the Packers to just run over us because we're the Lions. Make it a good game. Make it competitive. What We, we saw a lot of weaknesses in the Packers in, uh, against New Orleans. I saw, on both sides of the ball, their offensive line doesn't look as strong. They still seem to have a problem uh, with play calling on both sides of the ball. It They seem to be in the worse shape than the Niners, and we damn near came back and beat them. So, please, just don't get blown out in Lambeau, Detroit. Please. 
<laughs> I keep hearing I keep hearing ads in my microphone in my in my uh, uh. <laughs> um yeah it's I, I I wouldn't count the Lions out next week against the Packers I think you know I if if Detroit can actually get their get their stuff together update may be required who's uh who's trying to update, update right now in the required. middle of the show? <laughs> update may be required <laughs> um yeah what i was what i was saying was if if the troy can you know get their stuff together next week you know it it, it can happen it can certainly happen you know the troy can the troy can actually i think the troy could beat the could beat the packers that's my take you know where me. where detroit is good running the ball if they can run the ball with williams and swift and throw to the tight end, that's what the Packers struggle with, right? The Lions' strength right now is the Packers' weakness. So it's a – I mean, we don't count the Lions out until the game is over, honestly. it's We can't do that because we know what Jamal Williams can do because we watched him do it for years, and we absolutely can't cover the tight end. We have never been able to do that in recent memory. So – I'm not counting them when, out. At all. <laughs> when was the uh, when was the last time? What year was it when like Detroit? I believe it was Detroit beat the Packers like forty something. Uh, three, I try to repress those memories, Juan, so I don't know. <laughs> but I was I was at the game where Detroit beat Green Bay in Green Bay for the first time in like twenty years. I happened to be sitting in Lambeau that day. So that must have been that must have been a fantastic, beautiful afternoon for you. It wasn't because there were like four Lions fans behind me and they were, of course, ecstatic, right? Because the Packers could, they played like crap the entire game and they came back to almost win it. And then Mason Crosby kicked a field goal underneath the center's legs to not win it. Mm, Yeah, they were, they could not drink enough beers that night. (laughs) I remember that game definitely. Um, it was the first time we beat y'all in Lambeau since like '91 or something. Yeah, exactly. See, and it'd be just as crazy if we do it this this upcoming Sunday. It would. Just never happened. <laughs> Dale's like, Dale's like, don't don't push your luck, don't push your luck, Julius. <laughs> it happened <laughs> once. <laughs> it doesn't happen. happen again. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. I saved I saved the Bears for last because I, I want to spend as little time as I can talking that we can you know talking about them. <laughs> <laughs> the Bears last night in primetime, Sunday night football against the Rams. We uh got beat as as was expected, 34-14 on primetime in front of the whole world. Um I saw some good. There were the, I mean, you know, Wyatt, feel free to jump in on this as well. You're my my fellow Bears fan here on the show, but Obviously, you know, seeing Justin Fields out there, you know, scoring a touchdown and and seeing him getting to see him play just for a little bit, uh, you know, did add some it added some hope to my my sad Bears fandom. Um, it appears that Nagy finally uh, was not as dense as I thought it was going to be the entire game and actually allowed Justin Fields to take some reps, uh, you know, throughout the game. There's a lot of things that are that are wrong with the Bears. Um, you know, I know Eddie Jackson has been has been a problem here for us. Uh, our defense has been a little bit slow. Uh, 
you know, just the play calling, you know, Matt Nagy's play calling continues to be an issue. And, you know, I was looking at the, I was looking at some charts earlier this, this afternoon and, you know, you see the routes that were being run by Allen Robinson and they look sloppy as hell. I mean, this is not a professional NFL team. Like if you, if you were to show me that without any context whatsoever, I would probably honestly God say it's my D4 high school where I went to, you know, like 10 years ago. I, I'm not impressed. Matt Nagy is doing a horrendous job calling plays (laughs) and it's, you know, and then, you know, you have him on his presser today, basically regurgitating everything he has said for the past two years now that the offense has to get better. We have to get better. We have to do this. We have to do that. Someone needs to get their exhaust change. I don't know what that was. (laughs) Where, where is the change? Right. Where, like, where is the change, Matt Nagy? You want to talk about it? That's great. Talk about it all you want, but it doesn't mean anything if you're not going to actually go out and execute what you're preaching every, you know, every Monday after a loss throughout the season, you know, when you're talking to the press. That, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, if, if, if we, if Matt Nagy isn't able to revamp and restructure his play calling and his strategies and techniques for this team, the Bears are not going to get anywhere this season, right? doesn't matter who we have at quarterback. It could be Justin Fields. It could be Andy Dalton. It could be Nick Foles. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, if the play calling is garbage, the performance on the, on, on the field is going to be just as bad. So, Wyatt, if you want to add anything to that, I mean, I don't I, – I could go on and on and rant for days and don't even get me started on this, you know, this McDonald's ad commercial that was put out by Matt Nagy because – that's a whole other thing. It's like, why are you recording McDonald's ads in the middle of the, you know, whatever, whatever. Just, just go why it just. <laughs> I love the way I'm running since like season. I mean, probably right. early last. Why it? Why it? Why it? Why it? You sound you sound very very possessed. <laughs> the way you're talking. Oh. <laughs> no, I have the. <laughs> He just. Am I sounding? I. I don't know what's going on there with with Wyatt's mic. I'll let we'll let him figure it out. <laughs> I'll just say as a, as a is that happening to me too? Uh, no. Oh, I mean, I was, okay. All right, Wyatt. I have you muted until we can figure out your mic situation. How about that? Can you hear me now? No. No. <laughs> Technology. <right>? <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is oh, the live podcast. Ever oh. had. Just this is it happens. It happens. Live shows. It, it'll happen. Go right. ahead, Dale. Go so ahead. as a and I, I'm sure these guys will agree that as a. Fan of the Packers or the Vikings or the Lions, we love Matt Nagy and we love Ryan Pace. I hope they never leave Chicago and they are just lifetime members of that organization because they keep doing the same things over and over and over and again and expecting different results. Anyone that has eyes can see that Justin Fields is going to be spectacular. 
Right. And I know he was going to get killed out there, and they're worried about their offensive line being so bad that he's going to, you know, get smashed in the face and maybe lose confidence. But if Matt Nagy doesn't put him out there full time in the next two or three games, he should be fired. You know, it's so refreshing to hear that from a non-Bears fan. Like, real talk, because so many in our fan base have basically said the exact same thing. Like, questioning the reasoning why this man has not put Justin Fields out as a starter. Just It just boggles my mind. It really honestly does. Now... I get the arguments about the offensive line not being the best. I get that. I, I That's one of the weaknesses that this team has, and I, I will completely 100% acknowledge that. What I will also acknowledge is that it is very, very soon to say that Justin Fields is going to be this Hall of Fame, MVP, Super Bowl, you know, retire number one in like, you know, 20 years. We don't, we don't know – what kind of player Justin Fields is going to be. He's going to be good, but how good, right? So I just, you know, I, I just, I like to always say that because I don't, I don't want to get confused as one of those delusional Bears fans that's just, you know, future MVP, Hall of Famer, you know, quarterback. Like, well, you know, just, just let it play out. You know, let, let's see what happens first. But I agree with you, Dale. The, uh, why, why the hesitation? To at least let this man play at least half of a game. I mean, that's all. I mean, if it's just like the first, the first half or the second half, that's that's good enough for me. But get, let the kid play. You know, let him go out there and 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 test the waters. I mean, especially now it's early in the season. You know, we have nothing to lose. I mean, yeah, I mean, it sucks that we lost last night, but why why not? <laughs> can Can you guys hear me now? Yes, I can hear oh, you loud and clear. I'll be I'll be short. Um, I'm sorry about the mic issues. Um, I loved how David Montgomery ran um, since the last since they gave him opportunity last year to run. I like the way he runs. He fights for those yardage. That's a positive. Um, I liked how Justin Fields came out. There was a little bit of question to some of the plays that Nagy had him run, um, but when he did throw the ball or ran it in, that was nice and exciting. Um, I just don't understand because the NFL is a copycat league. Why does Matt Nagy look like in the, in the offseason, like, okay, how did the Packers beat the Rams, for example? How did they, you know, do that misdirection with Devontae Adams to get him in motion and, and you know, in the, in the red zone? But he does the same shit, those small curl routes, or maybe just doesn't have confidence in his quarterback. Who the hell knows? But it's just, it's just disappointing. And, I, and I, I wish it's already been a year too late to fire him and Ryan Pace. Um, so hopefully – uh, we get a better coach GM for Justin Fields because I, I like the way so far how he played in the preseason, calm and collective in the pocket. Um, so I'm just trying to look at positives um, because it's just pretty bad just to see the same crap every Sunday and, you know, no change in game plan as a um, for the team you're playing. So it's, it's pretty disheartening as a Bears fan. Um, so that's all I got to say. I'm glad you were able to get through that without having a single mic issue. Yeah, I, I just took <laughs> off. Yeah, yeah. No, Matt Nagy. You know, he came into Chicago and this. You know, he's this offensive mastermind, and you know, working under, uh, you know, Coach Reed out in Kansas City, and you know, coming out of the the tree, and you know, it's what 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 has that what has that gotten us here in the Windy City? 
<laughs> Except for a double doink attempt back in 2018, and that you know that was that was that. Um, we haven't. We I have not recovered from that. By the way, I'm still very sad um, about the double doink. But we'll we'll all have to you know I'll go and cry after the show's over. Um, <laughs> predictions for your teams next week. Uh, we'll just go around the room here. We'll start with you, David. What what is your score prediction? Vikings and uh, Cardinals out in the desert. Well, first off, can I give my prediction for every team's matchup next week? If that's sure, okay? why not? Go for right. it. We'll start. We'll start Bengals Bears. Um, and I find it very, very difficult. And you may you you may laugh at this, but somehow, some way, Zach Taylor is a worse coach than Matt Nagy. So I think that I, I, I don't think Zach Taylor can coach two good games in a row. I'm actually going with the Bears in this one. Uh, I think Andy Dalton have a little fire under him. Uh, he'll get a win. Uh, you know, Julius, you mentioned about Packers Lions about how. Uh, the Packers fans are really happy that the next game they get to the Lions at home because you think they're all going to um, – it's a good bounce back. Well, the Packers fans are absolutely right. Uh, the Packers are going to win this one big. Uh, as much as I, I, I do like this Lions team, I think, they're a lot of, I think they're a lot of fun, honestly. There's a lot of young guys to watch for. Big DeAndre Swift guy, big Hawkinson guy. They're both on a lot of my fantasy teams. Um, they're the Packers this one. They'll figure it out. Rodgers figured it out. But now to the Vikings. Um, man, I've been contemplating this for a while. And if I'm being realistic, I'm going to go Cardinals in a high-scoring matchup, 31-28, if I have to get my actual prediction. But I, I think the Vikings will be very competitive in this game. Um, I think I really do believe that Cliff Kingsbury is a really, really poor coach, and I think Zimmer, that is questions, but I, I think he could get the job done. I'm going Cardinals 31-28, however. Vikings cover. So you so you think the Bears will win? I think the Bears will win. The Cardinals will win. Cardinals will win. The And the Packers. Packers will win. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. All right. That's my that's my that's my picks. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, Julius, go ahead, sir. Your picks. Who wins next week? All right. I guess uh, since I'll do all the games as well. I mean, the Bears and the Bengals. I can see definitely. Maybe if the Bears have any, if they have any offensive talent at all to challenge the Bengals, y'all can make it a close game. I just don't think y'all do until y'all put Justin Fields on the field. And I don't think y'all are going to do that next game. If y'all do do it, it's going to be too late in the game and the Bengals are going to be up by like two touchdowns. I'm picking the Bears to lose. I think their defense is overrated at this point. Because that's the only thing people hang their head. (laughs) You know, you got Jalen Johnson, Khalil Mack, Akeem Hick. But around that, you know, uh, the linebackers outside Rokon Smith, I mean, I don't think it's a well-oiled machine. And I think it's because of your coach. So uh, I'm picking the Bengals to win that game. Um, as far as the the Vikings and the Cardinals, uh, I was very disturbed by the Vikings in week one for one reason, and that was the lack of of, of Dalvin Cook impact in the, in the run game. And the offensive line just looked kind of jointed in, in, in that aspect. And in the past, that was always the reason the Vikings were so dangerous was the Dalvin Cook-led zone running, play action, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. It all came together for the most part. Sometimes it didn't, of course, because, you know, the Vikings aren't perfect. But I can see the Cardinals being a real, real tough game for the Vikings because their defense against the Titans in the, in the first week, you could tell their defense is approved. And – Obviously, Kyler Murray, DeAndre, Hop, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, 
they have some they have something going on over in Arizona. I was very impressed with that Titans game. So I'm also gonna pick the Cardinals to beat the Vikings. Um and then that leaves the Packers in the line. <laughs> one of them has to win and one of them has to be in first place. And that team will be the Green Bay Packers. Uh, because I just don't think Aaron Rodgers will allow himself to lose to the Lions in Lambeau after being embarrassed by the Saints. There's no way. The the Aaron Rodgers is a Lion killer. Every game I've watched him play against the Lions, he toys with us. Every single game. It's been going on for like 15 years. And so I have no reason to believe he won't do that, especially after losing Okuda. And uh, our secondary is just not there. Our linebackers aren't there. Um, and... You know, that whole back seven. I'm not even going to talk about the defensive line. Maybe they can get some pressure on Rodgers because that seemed to be a big problem in the first game with the Saints. It's just that the offensive line don't look as good. Y'all had the best offensive line in all of football last year. This year, uh, in week one, y'all had one of the worst graded offensive lines in total. I think it was bottom five, if I'm, if not, if I'm not mistaken. If the Lions can somehow get pressure uh, and exploit the offensive line, and Jared Goff has a brain in week two, maybe maybe I will say Packers 31, Lions 20. But I just, I'm not going to believe it until I see it because Aaron Rodgers is a Lion killer. Like I said, the Packers will be in first place in the NFC North after week two. Deal, your picks. Yeah, I'll start with Packers-Lions. The Packers are 11.5-point favorites in this game as of right, like 10 minutes ago, at least when I looked last. I don't know that that's – I don't know that the Packers will cover. Losing David Bakhtiari is a huge loss for the Packers. Having to shuffle Elton Jenkins out to left tackle. Now you've got a rookie center, a rookie right guard. Yeah, that's a huge drop-off. And Lucas Patrick, while he played really well last year, he's only played one year. He's only been on the offensive line for one year. So, yeah, the offensive line is not what it should be. And that scares me a little bit. I think there is a recipe to beat the Packers right now. And it's blitz. And it's blitz and blitz. And it's to bring pressure all the time. Because Aaron Rodgers is going to pick you apart if you give him time. And if they can get to him with a coup out, I think that's going to be tough on the back end. I don't think they can stop the Packers wide receiver core, honestly. But I don't think it's an 11-point win. I think the Packers win by maybe seven. I think that while we got punched in the mouth in New Orleans and that should be a wake-up call to the Green Bay Packers. I don't know. I don't know what we have at this point in Green Bay. Because if you watched any of the preseason games, it was brutal. Brutal. Uh, as far as Vikings go, I, I, I really would be scared with that new defense that they have in Arizona. That is a very good defense. They spent a boatload of money. And if you can't keep Kirk Cousins clean and off his back, I think he's a below average quarterback. I, I don't think that they can score more than 20 against Arizona. So I'll take Arizona. I don't know what the point spread is, but it doesn't matter. And as far as the Bears go, I think it's too late to bring him in and to bring Justin Fields in in the second half. I know that's what will happen, right? They'll be getting beat, I think, in this game. And they'll decide to put Justin Fields back in the game when the game is sort of out of reach. I think that's the wrong way to handle things. And what you said before, I saw that Allen Robinson route too. That's Andy Dalton doesn't have a great arm, 
but he doesn't have the Drew Brees noodle from last year either. Like he can throw it more than 20 yards down the field. It's ridiculous to run Allen Robinson on routes like that. Very defense, sad. They're, they're smart. They figure out, okay, he hasn't run past 15 yards. And guys start to settle in. They start to, you know, it's ridiculous. Again, I love Matt Nagy. But I don't think it's better than this game. I just don't. Those are my so points. you got the Bengals, the Cardinals, and, and the Packers. Correct. There you go. <laughs> and let it be known that this will be the last time you're on the show because you keep ripping on our on our on our coaching staff. <laughs> I said I loved him. But I love him too. <laughs> Wyatt, go ahead. <laughs> um, I think the Vikings will have can have a chance if they can stay positive yardage and keep Cook running um, and, and evade that pass rush of Chandler Jones' five sacks last game, which was ridiculous. So I think the Vikings have a chance, but I think the Cardinals will win at home. Bears will lose, um, I'm guessing, uh, 10 points or more. I'm not going to give scores. And then Packers are going to win. Um they're going to come out and uh, feast on some lions. Sorry, Julia. So it's going to be everyone zero and two, but the Packers one and one. That's that's my. <laughs> Don't be sorry, Wyatt. Do not be sorry. Just be sorry for your team, okay? Let me. Start my team's sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for the lions. You just be sorry for the bears, okay? That's what I need. <laughs> we can't. We can't pity you, Julius. Is that what you're saying? No, no, don't pity me. <laughs> I don't well, want you. I, <laughs> I am going to go against you guys. Um, I think the Lions can win. I'm gonna pull, I'm gonna bet on the Lions. I think the Lions can march up in there and 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 get a W. I I wholeheartedly believe that. I think that this is gonna be the once the once in a decade miracle. That happens at you know they're playing at Lambeau right they're up at, they're up in Green Bay, I think this is the time when they're you know the the Detroit Kitty Cats are gonna march on over, cross Lake Michigan, go into Green Bay, claw their way up, and get the W. I think it's gonna happen. I can see it. And then next week on the show I'll come or on Tuesday if we record next Tuesday I'll come on the show I'll look like an idiot but it's fine at least I tried Julius I tried giving you some hope. So the Lions, I think, can win. I'm going to also go with the Cardinals um, against the Vikings. But I do think uh, my homer take, I think the Bears can, can get a W as well. So I think that the Lions could be 1-1, and I think the Bears can also be 1-1, and I think the Packers will go 0-2 along with the Vikings. <laughs> if Is the that... Lions beat the Packers, everybody in Green Bay should be fired immediately because the dynasty is over. It's over. <laughs> catch, catch Jared Goff slinging it at Lambeau. <laughs> like four touchdowns what in the first that? half. See, here, here's the thing. It could either be – it could be a – there's no close game between these two teams, all right? It's going to be – it's a slaughter. If, it, if, it's, if, if the Packers are going to win, it's going to be a big win. It's going to be like a 40-something to like 10 victory or, so, you know, whatever – I, the, I think the Lions can actually. I think the Lions can go win there and get a W. I'm not going to lie to you. I, 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 it could happen. It could happen. You know, maybe, maybe Aaron Rodgers is still, you know, suffering from the PTSD of of getting racked in, you know, against the against Jameis Winston, and who knows? Maybe the defense on the Packers is just uh, deprived of any energy that's left. In I don't know. You know, whenever you don't, you don't know. <laughs> 
that, that's the, Packers that's don't. If, the, if Jared Goff throws for four touchdowns, I will never be able to be on this show because I'll have stroked out somewhere <laughs> in my living room and I'm dead. Yeah. You'll see Dale changing his I podcast agree, to agree. the the average the the average Lions. Yes, <laughs> totally jumping off this bandwagon. That happens. It would have- be the most memorable. I could ever remember if they win. And I will come back to you, Juan. I will come back to you because you were the only one with this hot take. Yes, the hot take of the night. I went I went against the standard, guys, on that on that take. Look at that. See? <laughs> All right. I think that'll do it, guys. We're about an hour and 15 in. So um Dale and David, thank you so much for joining us tonight on this uh you know inaugural edition of the NFC North Roundtable on the show. Uh, remember to, uh, if you guys are watching, remember to shoot them a follow. Or if you're listening uh, tomorrow when, when this episode drops on all listening platforms, uh, you can find Dale at AVG Cheese. Uh, David is at David Camp, M I Z. Wyatt at the Cornelia 7. Julius at the fifth top. And of course, yours truly at Bears Fanatic 94. Follow the Twitter page for the show at AT Standard. Remember, we are live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter every Monday night. Uh, next Monday, we may not be on, though, because, again, the Packers do play the Lions at Lambeau on Monday Night Football, so I'm sure Julius will be um, you know, getting ready for that. So we may have to move to Tuesday. We will see. In the meantime, however, have a great rest of your work week. Stay safe. And, of course, as is customary as we end the show here, um, go Bears. Go Lions. <laughs> go Pat. go. Go Vikes. <laughs> All right.